0: When it comes to world missions, we do a few things here at Redeemer. Uh, We support a handful of missionaries doing work around the world. Folks like the Carlson's in Vanuatu with Wycliffe Bible Translators, the incredible work that they and their team are doing. Uh, The Kellers with OMF in Taiwan, working with the working class people there. Uh, Folks like the Smiths, who train workers in saturation church planting in places like India and Bangkok. In addition to that, every December, we ask all of us to dig a little deeper and give to world missions, 50% of that we give to the Southern Baptist, um, to Southern Baptist missionaries around the world, the International Mission Board, two of which, two of their missionaries that came up through Redeemer, Leah and Danielle Widden. So we support missionaries on a regular basis, every Christmas we give to the IMB, and then a good number of us sponsor children with a wonderful Ministry of Compassion International. My aim this morning is clear. It is to encourage you, if you don't already, to sponsor a child or more with compassion. A wonderful goal for us would be that every family that calls Redeemer Community Church home would also sponsor a child with compassion. Several years ago we entered into a partnership of sorts. We just said to compassion, Yes, we would love to champion this ministry. And back in those days we sponsored nearly the people of Redeemer, nearly a hundred kids. And you can go out and see them up on the wall. Over the last several years, as people have come and gone, um, that number seems to have declined quite a bit. You know, over the last couple of months, we've been reaching out to you and saying, hey, if you sponsor kids with compassion, let us know. And it looks like right now that about 22 families here at Redeemer sponsor 34 kids. And we would love to see that today, increase significantly. We'll see what God wants to do. In the next week or so, we're going to be taking down all of those pictures as we're going to reach out to Compassion and say, give us all of the updated pictures of our kiddos. And we'll be putting pictures back on the wall. And it's my hope that as that board that's nearly full comes down, and as we begin to put Pictures back on the wall that it will be nearly full again. So, if God will lead you to sponsor a child or more this morning, we're going to be reaching out over the next week or so and asking you to let us know so that we can get in touch with compassion and get the pictures up on our wall. Several years ago, back in 2012, Tara and I went to a concert uh, in Houston. And I had heard, she had heard of Compassion International for a long time, but we had never been a part of it. But at that concert, um, they spoke about compassion. And Tara and I went back, and we picked up a child. And we've been sponsoring Benjamin in Togo, which is in Africa, for the last several, several years. When I reached out to Compassion for some videos to possibly show on Sunday, one of them was from Togo, Africa, and I said, that's the one I'm showing because I want to see it. I want to see what Benjamin, where he's from. In 2014, I got invited to go on a vision trip with Compassion to Uganda, and that was a wonderful thing to get to see on the ground, the incredible ministry that Compassion has, and came back from that trip in July of 2014, encouraged more than ever to try and spur us on to sponsor kids, and in December 2014, we had a Compassion Sunday, and I think that was a significant Sunday when many of our people back then sponsored kids. My family also, in addition to Benjamin, that time picked up Heisi from Honduras, and so we've been sponsoring her as well over the last few years. I want to show you a passage of Scripture that I think has application to this. It has applications, um, well, I'll say it like this. You and I could apply this passage of Scripture in a thousand different ways. One way to apply it may be with Compassion International. And so if you have your Bible, turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. In fact, we're going to be breezing through this text. We're going to look at chapters 8 and 9. If you're familiar with the New Testament, when I say 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, you might think, oh yeah, that's the classic passage on New Testament giving. That's the classic passage, God loves a cheerful giver. But I want us to note that the original context of 2 Corinthians 8 and 9 is not so much about a believer supporting their local church financially. Now we could go elsewhere for that. Galatians chapter 6, 1 Timothy 5, 2 Timothy 2, 1 Corinthians 9. We could go other places that encourage God's people to support their local church financially, to fund The ministry of the church, where they belong, where they benefit from, where they believe in. God's people have always been those who support their local church. But this classic New Testament text on giving is really not about that, though it has principles for it. This is a text about the Corinthian Christians being called upon to help the impoverished and suffering Christians of Jerusalem. This is a text that's encouraging Christians in one place to help and address a need 800 miles away. From Corinth to Jerusalem, as the crow flies, just over 800 miles. And so, maybe here is strong biblical grounds for not only giving to your local church, but to needs far away. And so, a few years ago, when an earthquake hit in Mexico, and Antonio and Becky and many of their friends were affected by that, we gave generously to that effort. Or, with what's going on down in Venezuela now, and our friends that are there, Many of you gave to that effort. This may be another. In chapter 8, Paul is encouraging the Corinthians to make good on their intention to help the suffering church in Jerusalem. Now, brethren, we, we wish to make known to you the grace of God which has been given in the churches of Macedonia, that in a great ordeal of affliction... Their abundance of joy and their deep poverty overflowed in the wealth of their liberality. For I testify that according to their ability and beyond their ability, they gave of their own accord, begging us with much urging for the favor of participation in the support of the saints. And this not as we had expected, but they first gave themselves to the Lord and to us by the will of God. So we urged Titus that as he had previously made a beginning... So, he would also complete in you this gracious work as well. So, Paul is urging them to complete this gracious work. They intended to do it a year prior, and now Paul is urging them to complete it. And he's reminding them, or he's telling them, of the incredible Macedonian churches up in Philippi and Thessalonica, these believers who were in great need themselves. But when hearing of the need in Jerusalem, despite their own poverty, gave liberally to help these Christians. And I love that Paul calls it in verse 1, the grace of God. We wish to make known to you the grace of God which has been given in the churches of Macedonia. All of us, know what it's like to want to keep our stuff, to wrap our hands tightly around our money. And whenever we loosen the grip and give it away, it is the grace of God. We come to understand that God has been so gracious towards us How can we not be gracious towards others? Verse 7. But just as you abound in everything, in faith and utterance and knowledge and in all earnestness and in the love we inspired of you, see that you abound in this gracious work also. I'm not speaking this as a command, but as proving through the earnestness of others the sincerity of your love also. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich For your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. I give my opinion in this matter, for this is to your advantage, who were the first to begin a year ago, not only to do this, but also to desire to do it, but now finish doing it also, so that just as there was a readiness to desire it, so there may also be the completion of it by your ability." For if the readiness is present, it is acceptable according to what a person has, not according to what he does not have. For this is not for the ease of others and for your affliction, but by way of equality. At this present time, your abundance being a supply for their need, so that their abundance also may, be become, may become a supply for your need, that there may be equality, as it is written, he who gathered much did not have too much, and he who gathered little had no lack God's abounding people are to abound in compassionate giving with Jesus as the prime example. In verse 9, Paul lifts up Jesus Christ and his great generosity. He who was rich became poor so that we who were poor might become rich. The eternal Son of God who shared glory with His Father before all time did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but He emptied Himself, taking the form of a bondservant. And being found in the likeness of men, He became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. He who was rich became poor so that we who were poor in spirit, dead in our trespasses and in our sins, we might become rich. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. If you know Jesus, you're not poor. We have been blessed with heavenly riches we'll never know the end of. Paul is urging these Corinthians to see that as a, as a motivation to generous giving. One said it like this. We may discern a twofold application of our great Christmas text, 2 Corinthians 8 verse 9. He calls it a Christmas text of the Son of God who humbly came for us. First, we need gladly to receive the Lord Jesus Christ in our hearts, thankful for his sacrificial saving work on our behalf. Secondly, in all matters related to giving and gifts, we ought to imitate his generosity. Clearly, the self-giving death of Jesus is a major motive for our generosity. Keep going. In verse 16. But thanks be to God, who puts the same earnestness on your behalf in the heart of Titus, for he not only accepted our appeal, but being himself very earnest, he has gone to you of his own accord. Paul is up in Macedonia writing this letter, and he sends Titus ahead with the letter. And so Titus is anxious because he's excited about the Corinthians and what they might do when it came to this gift. He not only accepted our appeal, but being himself very earnest, he has gone to you of his own accord. We have sent him along with the brother whose fame and the things of the gospel has spread through all the churches. And not only this, but he has been appointed by the churches to travel with us in this gracious work, which is being administered by us for the glory of the Lord himself and to show our readiness, watch verse 20, taking precaution so that no one will discredit us in our administration of this generous gift. For we have regard for what is honorable, not only in the sight of the Lord, but also in the sight of men. We have sent with them our brother, whom we have often tested and found diligent in many things, but now even more diligent because of his great confidence in you. As for Titus, he's my partner and fellow worker among you. As for our brethren, they are messengers of the churches of glory to Christ. Therefore, openly before the churches, show them the proof of your love and our reason for boasting about you. ministries, churches, have to be above reproach when it comes to the money of God's people. Paul says, listen, we're collecting this money from all of these churches to take back to the suffering Christians in Jerusalem, but we want you to know it's just not me and Titus that are going to take this gift. We've added at least two other brothers in this text. And probably it's even more Who once this is collected are taking this gift to Jerusalem. Why? Taking precautions so that no one will discredit us in our administration of this generous gift. For we have regard for what is honorable not only in the sight of the Lord but also in the sight of men. How does that apply to compassion? Maybe you found one of these next to you. All of us when we give our money away we want to know how's that money being used? Is this place above board in how they steward the money? And you can read about it on the back side. What is compassion's commitment to integrity? It's these kinds of things why at Redeemer we have two men who collect the money and count the money together. It's why I can't write a check here at Redeemer. It's why I don't know who gives what here at Redeemer Community Church. We want to be above board financially. We want you to be able to trust that when you give your money to Redeemer... Mitched and walking away and counting it and, you know, keeping a few bucks for himself. And when you give to compassion, I believe it's a good place they stay above board. Chapter 9. It's superfluous for us to write to you about this ministry to the saints. For I know your readiness... Paul's saying, I don't need need to to remind you, to encourage you. I I, I know you're going to do it. I know you're ready. For I know your readiness, of which I boast about you to the Macedonians, namely that Achaia has been prepared since last year. So as Paul was up there in Philippi and Thessalonica, and those impoverished Christians were giving generously, he was saying to them, the Corinthians are going to be just the same way. Y'all, they... They've been talking about this for over a year, and they are excited to give as well. So Paul's been bragging about the Corinthians, those of Achaia, as much as he now is bragging about the Macedonians to the Corinthians. And your zeal has stirred up most of them. But I have sent the brethren in order that our boasting about you may not be empty, made empty in this case, so that, as I was saying, you may be prepared. Otherwise, If any Macedonians come down with me and find you unprepared, we, not to speak of you, will be put to shame by this confidence. So I thought it necessary to urge the brethren that they would go on ahead of you and arrange beforehand your previously promised bountiful gift so that the same would be ready as a bountiful gift and not affected by covetousness. Yikes. That little phrase comes at the very end of this paragraph and it just hits you. What can affect... The generosity of God's people. covetousness. greed. And so we have to be on guard against that in our own hearts. How greed and covetousness, discontent, envy, those sorts of things lead us to hold on tightly rather than to give generously. Verse 6. Now this I say, He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must do just as he has purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that always, having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good deed. As it is written, he scattered abroad, he gave to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in everything for all liberality, which through us is producing thanksgiving to God. For the ministry of this service is not only fully supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing through many thanksgivings to God. Because of the proof given by this ministry, they will glorify God for your obedience to your confession of the gospel of Christ and for the liberality of your contribution to them and to all. While they also, by prayer on your behalf, yearn for you because of the surpassing grace of God in you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable Gift. Two more points, maybe here. Just again, God loves it when we, His people, trust Him and give cheerfully and generously. And when we do this, the opportunity is for the multiplication of praise to God these Jerusalem Christians would receive this gift and they would give thanks to God and they would pray for those Corinthians. I love it in the video. When she got her letter, she saw her sponsors. Mama, look, and they began to pray for the sponsors. Friends, 2 Corinthians 8 and 9 does not say... Sponsor children through Compassion International. But it does seem to say that God's people are not only to support their local church and even missionaries who are taking the gospel to the ends of the earth, but when needs arise. Maybe even in faraway places, we're to be ready to give cheer- cheerfully and generously. And so for you, you might apply this text in a thousand different ways. All of us know of needs around the world, uh, needs right here in our country. And maybe what arises from this text this morning is an urging upon you to meet some of those needs and not necessarily a compassion need. But if you're looking for a good way to apply this text, I think Compassion International is a wonderful way to do it. For $38 a month, you sponsor a child And what's neat about Compassion International is they work with churches and churches only. When they go around the world and they identify the places where they want to work, they work, they find a local church with which they can partner. And they come alongside that church to help them reach out and minister to the kids in their neighborhood, in their village, in their city. And in many cases, maybe all the cases, Compassion's name is not on it at all. But they're coming alongside churches that they quite honestly have vetted, that they are excited about, that have leaders that they are excited about, and they say, let's partner together to be a blessing to these kids. So I love the fact that it's church-based. Another thing I love about compassion is that it is gospel-passionate. That was one of the... I'd always heard about it, of course, knew about it, but when I got to go to Uganda, and got to be on the ground at a compassion center. It was on a Saturday, and here were all the kids that were coming together to the compassion center, which is the local church. And they began to bring these kids together and break them up into classes and to teach them the scripture and the gospel, I'm telling y'all, those teachers were spot on with what they were teaching those kiddos. About the word of God, about the God who created them, about Jesus Christ, his son. They love the gospel they also come alongside the kids and they help them with their schooling now the kids are probably already in a local school but they work with the compassion center and their local leaders take in bunches of those kids and tutor them to help them with their school it's an incredible ministry as you can imagine When a kid is struggling to have somebody come alongside and help them just a little bit, their chances of graduation and going on just skyrocket. Sometimes those kids are in need of uniforms or in need of shoes, and compassion comes along and helps with that. Another thing I love about compassion is that it's local leaders who are doing it. It's not compassion missionaries that are, you know, folks from America plopping down in there and doing the work. It's not that at all. It's coming alongside the local pastor and the local leaders within his church to see to it that this ministry flourishes. And they feed the kids. They're trying to, to help them physically. They also come alongside with medical aid that the kids would probably never get otherwise They're trying to help them spiritually with the gospel. They're trying to help them with their education. They're trying to help them emotionally as they're bringing them into relationships with other kids and with adults who love them. It's an awesome deal. It's an incredible ministry. Um, I'm gonna keep moving. so, I'll say this, if you're already a sponsor of children, of a child, you may consider sponsoring another. There are a handful of families here at Redeemer that sponsor more than one child. Some of you ladies might know Ann Voskamp. Her family sponsors 21, so maybe you'd like to do that. Maybe you don't already sponsor a child. I would encourage you to strongly consider sponsoring a child today. My buddy John uh, is here with Compassion, um, as well as, uh, listen to this name, Jerry and Judy Mansavage. Is that not the greatest last name you've ever heard of? The man savages are here. They'll be at the Compassion table, and they would love to help you. What you can do is you can go back, and there are packets just like this from children all over the world. This is Levi Shabet, I think is how we would say it. He is from Uganda. But you can take a look at all of those. If Listen, you can go online at compassion.com. And if there's a part of the world that you're interested in, you can pull up that part of the world and see if there are children from that place, if compassion has a center there. Uh, a lot of people will, they'll take a look and they'll say, you know, my kid's birthday is May 3rd. And so I'm going to go see if I can find a child whose birthday is also May 3rd. And you can plug that in in Compassion.com and it'll pop up kids all over the world that are in Compassion who have a May 3rd birthday. Say, I want a little boy. Or, I want a little girl. Or, I want this, that. You can do a lot of that at Compassion.com. Or if you say, you know what? I'm not so interested in that. I just want to sponsor a kid. Go right back here. They'll help you. Now, let me say one thing about these packets. Don't grab a packet and take it home without doing at least one thing. In here, on the back side, you fill out that this is the child that you are sponsoring. Now, John said, you don't have to share this information, but Redeemer Community Church is awesome, so I can share this information. All over the country, maybe all over the world, when people pick up these things and are interested in that kid, but they don't fill it out and they take it home, guess what? Less than 5% end up sponsoring that child. Isn't that unbelievable? So if you take this and say, oh yeah, I'm going to sponsor this kid, but don't fill it out. Less than 5%. There's also a spot on here. Here's the other deal. You fill it out, there's also a spot on there to go ahead and do your financial information. all right? Whether you want to do debit card or however you want to do it. If you fill out, yeah, I want to sponsor this child, but you don't fill out the financial on the backside, guess what? Still less than 25%. So it's somebody who fills it out and said, I'm interested. I'll take care of the financial later. They take it home less than 25%. Actually fill it out and get it going. So all that to say, when you go back there and you grab one of these, go for it. Now, I also love to say this about this. These children that you'll find back there or any of the children that you find at Compassion.com, they are in the compassion ministry. So little Levi in Uganda, he is in the compassion ministry. And so he comes to their compassion events and he's fed by compassion and he's getting all of the, the resources that compassion provides. But here's, not, here's what he's not, he doesn't have. You listening? What he does not have, what little Levi right here does not have is a sponsor who writes him letters regularly, who sends him pictures, who prays for him, who at the dinner table with his family talks about little Levi and reads the letters that Levi sends back, who when his birthday comes around receives a little gift from his sponsor, or when Christmas comes around receives a gift from his sponsor. And so Levi is there, and Levi is showing up, and Levi is is receiving all of the incredible ministry of Compassion International. But the reality is that his buddy Joe over here, may have a sponsor, and Joe's receiving letters, and Joe's getting pictures, and Joe's so thrilled about his sponsors, but little Levi's waiting, and he's longing for the day when somebody would sponsor him. So what I I don't want you to get the impression that if you don't sponsor Levi or one of these kids, they're not going to be in the program. They're in the program. What they don't have is, is somebody that says, you're mine. So when you do that, what you do is you free up $38 for $38 a month for compassion to go out and bring in more kids, wherever it might be in the world. That's enough for me. I want to bring up one family here in our church and let them share a little bit about their story. Chris and Liz Damel. Why don't y'all come up? Chris is here. There comes Liz and um, Matt. We got Mark's deal right here. Chris and Liz Dammel, most of y'all know them. They've got uh, four kiddos of their own, and so that keeps them busy enough, but on top of that, they have these three children that they sponsor with Compassion. Um, Chris, Liz, tell us about that. How long have you all been it's time to go. Please stop by the compassion table back there. If you haven't gone through the compassion experience out in the parking lot, um, it helps to sign up for that, but you don't have to. You can just show up and uh, go through it. Make sure if you've got little kiddos and they haven't been through, take them through. It's a really, really neat deal. Um, let's pray together and we'll be done today. Father in heaven, thank you for Compassion International Since 1952, doing um, good gospel work all over the world, we pray for this ministry, um, that you would increase it and give them fruit 30, 60, 100 fold. I think John told me last year, 155,000 kids. First-time decisions to follow Jesus from around the world. Uh, incredible kids' ministry. Lord, thank you for them. Uh, do what you will with us. Uh, as we sang this morning, um, oh something like, have your way with us. Do what you will through us um, for the sake of these kids. And thank you for your great love towards us. The Lord Jesus, who came, he who was rich became poor, that we who were poor might become rich. We bless you and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.